Marketing Made Easy, the podcast. Now here are your hosts from Get Savvy Club, Anna Geary and Anita Baldwin. Hello, welcome to Marketing Made Easy by the Get Savvy Club. I'm Anita and I'm here with Anna Geary. Hi, Anna. Hi, you all right? Yes, I'm good today. Well, I'm a bit doolally today, actually, but... I'll be fine tomorrow. How are you? We're, looking, we're still looking brown, aren't we? Yeah, I've I've been scrubbing a bit more than you, so I think you you're looking a bit browner than me. So we had a spray tan, guys. Guys, we've not like been laying in the sun or anything like that. If you're listening to this, we just had a spray tan because we had a photo shoot. But that's really vain, isn't it? Spray tan photo. We've had nails, eyebrows, eyelashes, <laughs> spray tan, uh, eyebrows, lashes, nails. Yeah, but you know, if you don't, um, the last photo shoot, my I've got white stilettos on. Doesn't sound good, but did go with the outfit. With and my my legs were as white as the blooming shoes, so I thought not having that again. So I was glad that I did it because the pictures have come out, haven't they? Some of them we've seen them, and yeah, we don't look pasty, pasty, pasty. Which we is kind of look awful. Which is all you can hope for. Pictures, That's all you can it? hope for. Yeah, but when when it's in the afternoon and then we're like live now, as we are not live, but you know when we when we're on a video together, like. My teeth just seem to get whiter and whiter and my face gets darker and darker because of the lack of light coming towards me with this tan. So it's just now, now's the bad bit, isn't it? Scrubbing it, getting it off evenly. But you know what? Um, we're going to do a quickie actually on why you should have a photo shoot and, you know, ways to make it easier for yourself and get more for your money because it is so, so useful to just have some photos that you can grab and when you want to put like, you know, putting a friendly, smiling picture of yourself on social media against your post just makes it so much more palatable people you know want to get to know you and it's so That's much not what this episode is about so we'll no okay well we're talking about why we had a spray and you started this. i know but this is the tip and tail <laughs> not a whole episode in itself it's longer than a quick game okay fine um so yeah today we talked to um neil velio um about his podcast so he is a podcast uh, producer and he helps people with their branding of podcasts um awesome guy with an awesome history in radio he talked about um why he became disillusioned with radio presenting and stopped doing it he told us um you know what people miss when they're doing their own podcasts and gave us some tips of how to make podcasts successful so um really interesting guy we had a good old chat about um celebrity gossip and things like that i don't know how much of that will be left in but it was there's some good stories in there um and so yeah really interesting and uh, let's get into it if you're enjoying marketing made easy the podcast from get savvy club use your podcast app to rate review and subscribe today we have a special guest we have neil knapsack with us how are you Neil, today <laughs> surely surely that's not his real name anna i didn't think it sounded like that because you spell it v-e-g-l-i-o but i did double check with our like mutual contact pete the uh, podcast guy and he said that so i'm pretty sure it's certain that it is pete never he lies <laughs> we trust him massively, so i don't, I don't. <laughs> and if you're looking for a professional podcast producer look no further than pete <laughs> <laughs> really it is Neil Velio. Neil, where's that your name from? It depends who you ask. Um, if you ask my immediate family members, uh, it's from the UK because, you know, they, they want to fit in. But, you know, <laughs> traditionally it's from the Swiss-Italian canton um, near Lucerne. That's much better story than UK. But it's like, you know, Brexit, you've got to be really careful these days. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You don't want to get yeah. the out, yeah. So it was Velio Smith before you dropped the Smith. <laughs> <laughs> You've got an awesome voice, Neil. So tell us a bit about your background and why you speak such like a radio DJ. 
Yeah, so that's because I was uh, mm-hmm. like like Pete, a mutual colleague. Uh, although Pete had way more success in the industry than I did. Yeah, same sort of thing, really. Mid nineties, you know, I, I started experimenting with uh, you know radio stuff in my bedroom. Did the typical bedroom FM thing, and then broke in sort of mid nineties with a with a tiny tin pot radio station in Gloucestershire uh, called Boss Six Hundred Three, Blake Cheltenham's classic hits. Um, <laughs> they spelt that last word wrongly, to be honest, but. <laughs> Pretty much 25 years of, you know, getting through the door for like 18 months before they sacked me because they realized I had no talent at stations like... That's uh, good talk- going 18 months. For radio, that's, that's really good. good I mean. to blag that you can't do something. <laughs> it was. <laughs> yeah, so and then and then sort of retired, stepped back from the industry, sort of 2017, 2018, and, and this podcasting stuff is what I've been doing ever since. So you presented radio shows? I did, yes. Yeah. So I, I did a mixture of um, of hosting shows and doing co-hosting of shows and doing new stuff like, you know, a, a talk sport because it was obviously a very current affairs led sports radio station had overnight sort of newsy current affairs programming so i i did some sort of overnight stuff for a few months of talking to the absolute lunatics that (laughs) tend to call radio stations at one o'clock in the morning with all kinds of weird subject matter they want to bring up so yeah i I covered for james whale a couple of times that was an interesting experience um you know yeah just had fun on sort of overnights doing that and and various bits and pieces working at commercial radio stations up and down the country doing the music stuff and helping the news teams pretty much everything i mean that this is a thing with radio people tell you you know you you really need to make yourself useful uh, you know, uh, across the board, you need to get into sales, you need to get into the marketing side of stuff, you need to get into the news side of stuff, you know, even social media around sort of 2013, 2014, when that started to take off a little bit, the people that were really savvy, see, I'm on brand there. Yeah, yeah. Um, like what you did. <laughs> what they would do is they would learn how to tweet, how to use Facebook, you know, do the research, stuff like that. And um, they figured out that if they wanted to keep their jobs on the air doing the fun stuff, they had to sort of learn how to do the boring stuff, uh, the behind the scenes stuff as well. So, yeah, that's how it went, really. Yeah, you couldn't really just be like, obviously, if you were like famous anyway, you could be just turn up and be the voice. But mostly in radio, you can't, can you? You have to no more you have to know how to push all the buttons and stuff as well don't you it depends how good you are i mean obviously if you get if you get to the level of of being you know a national huge radio star then you can do what they would call show and go and you could get paid exceptionally ridiculous amounts of money just to turn up for three hours put your feet up between the music and then go home but you know that that's really uncommon and you know a lot of it isn't about talent so much as who you know and what sort of you know so if you are like if you have a famous dad so i'll give you some examples zoe ball as Johnny Boy, as a famous dad. Um, Ro- uh, what's his name? Ronan Kemp. Ronan he has Kemp, uh, yeah. someone from Spandle Ballet as his dad. Spandle? <laughs> Spandle Ballet? <laughs> what, another really good one then. Um, Lisa Tarbuck even. I yeah. love Lisa Tarbuck, think she's great, but who was a dad? 
can't remember, but he, he was Jimmy, famous. Jimmy, Jimmy Tarver. Tarver. Yeah, exactly. So look at the look at that, how that goes. Not saying that they're not talented because they probably are as well, but... It might be a foot in the door, but it doesn't keep you there. If you're crap, you're crap, aren't you? And you'll go regardless, surely. Yes, it gives you opportunities that you might not get if, you know, if you didn't have a famous father in terms of it gets you on the radar. So it, it gives you that sort of leg up. But I have to say, you know, most of the time, a lot of radio stations, that I worked for, they didn't just give people jobs just because they were... I'll give you an example. Chris Tarrant, his daughter, Fia, I know her quite well. I worked with her at a radio station in Reading and, you know, Fia had a really hard time. She did not get given a job at the Reading radio station very easily. She had to work her way up and she had to do the, you know, make the tea, make the coffee. Um, And it's only since she sort of got in at heart. Now she's an absolute sensation, just like her dad was. Obviously very different style. Um, She's nowhere near what Chris was on Capital Radio in the the 90s. But, you know, she's doing a really good job and she's very popular and does a... She's very professional. But... I know what you're saying. You know, when you get like a Roman Kemp who clearly is, you know, getting accused of nepotism, I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, his dad is not as good on the radio as he is. His dad does a show on Absolute Radio, works with one of my best friends. And, you know, it's a very music-led show. He's he's pretty good at what he, He's not amazing. He's pretty good at what he does. But Roman just has this ability to connect with his listeners. It's, you've got to remember with these things that these presenters, they're not, they're not targeting you and I. They're oh, no. targeting people that are using TikTok and Instagram. Yeah. Well, Lisa, Lisa really- Tarbuck and Zoe Ball is like us, isn't it? That's our, like, age range. <laughs> Some people are just genius at radio. They aren't like Chris Evans is a genius at a lot of things, but I would rather listen to him on the radio than watch him on TV, um, even though it's kind of just him talking and being creative and what have you. But I just think he's an absolute genius on the radio and, and can have you from, like, you know, when he used to do um, morning show on Radio 1 or whatever he did, and, you know, your alarm your alarm would go off and then literally a minute later I'd be laughing out loud at something he'd be talking about and he'd go from fast asleep to, like, amused because he's just got that absolute energy, hasn't he? Chris Evans is one of those shining examples of a guy that's doing it for the right reasons. You know, he he didn't want to be famous. He didn't go into radio to end up on Radio 1. He went into radio because he loved the medium and some of his big heroes. He was He's from, you know, the Manchester area, uh, Piccadilly Radio. You know, he used to pick up the, the records for people like Steve Penk. And, you know, he was literally absorbing like a sponge everything that was going on around him. He had so much passion for, for the for the for the art. You know, he saw it as an art. A bit like one of my heroes, Kenny Everett. Kenny Everett, I grew up um, you know, listening to Kenny Everett and watching his television show when I was too young and my parents were really, really bad. If you think about how now you can get cancelled for just breathing, what Kenny Everett was doing at the time. I mean, he lost his job because he he took the Mickey out of an MP for, you know, uh, for for the Minister of Transport's wife passing a driving test first time. You know, stuff like that that you just wouldn't get nowadays. And he was doing this 30 years ago, you know, absolute legend. I think this is the difference. People like Chris Evans and Kenny Everett, they're, they're able to, to take what, other people do as a job and just breathe it. And, and, and essentially they just, they're able to reach that next level. Chris Moyles is another good example. I'm not, yeah. I don't rate Chris Moyles personally, but I can't deny that the guy has got an amazing gift for living and breathing the medium. So how did you um, end up stopping? If it's not a question, it's going to make you cry. <laughs> Let's get to the heart of it. 
<laughs> I, I've, I've dealt with it. I've had the therapy. I've had the days of sitting on couches and paying people too much money to cry. Um, it, it was really simple. I, uh, I had a why to get into radio, much like I've, you know, talked about with Chris Evans and that I wouldn't put myself on the same level, obviously, but, you know, very similarly, I, I decided I wanted to go into radio. It, I had a passion for it. I was making tapes when I was eight years old, uh, pretending to be on the radio. And I just, I used to do that. <laughs> I, I really hope you've got a tape available. That we can I bet play my friend Amy has somewhere. Well, no, I don't know if she watched move that many times, but yeah, we used to do it on her. I didn't have a decent enough tape recorder. So we used to do it around her house. But so, uh, yeah, no, it was simply a case of, I went into radio to, to, to enjoy it and to, you know, connect with the medium and, and, and entertain people and communicate and get the stories and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, when, when Global Radio came in and bought out all the local radio stations and homogenized it into a national brand and, you know, stripped the personality out and put the, you know, put the, the famous influencers in, you know, the celebrities from Instagram, for me, it was just like, you know, I don't want a part of this anymore. This isn't what I went went into this for. It's, you know, yeah, I've got an opportunity to really knuckle down. And, and I did, I, you know, I got a, I got a really cool and up-to-date coach um, to coach me into doing the style that the young people want to hear. And I did all that and I invested in it. And then I just thought, why am I doing this? Why am I actually spending money and time and energy and mental health on something that I really don't want to do. So I just, yeah, I walked yeah. away and decided that was it. So what right. do you do now then? What's your main bread and butter now then? It's such a big question because it's what don't I do in terms of podcasting really? So, I mean, yeah, I, I essentially run a podcast stroke brand management service. So, you know, if, if, somebody wants to do a podcast you know it, a lot of people think that podcasting is as simple as you grab yourself a usb microphone you plug it in you record some audio in, into audacity you, you hit publish on your hosting provider and then you just wait for the listeners to come in and it, it really you know there's a, there's a reason a lot of people get disappointed and they pod fade because it just doesn't work like pod that fade. <laughs> We're never going to pod fade, are we, Anita? We've no. pod blossom. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that you're not going to because you get it. You know, and this is the thing a lot of people, what they don't get is that it takes work. It's like, you know, the, the analogy I use with, you know, people that work with me, my podcasters, is imagine, you know, you've got a fine dining experience. You've got an amazing restaurant here and you've got a signature place, right? And you're, you're in the middle of nowhere. You're in a village and people have really got to find you. So, unless you tell people that you're there, they're never going to experience this fine dining experience that you're putting on for them. So, you know, you're almost doing them a disservice by not allowing them to experience that. So a big part of what I do is encouraging people to sort of go, you know, it's not just podcasting. You know, there's a lot involved in this. You've got to talk about it. You've got to shout about it. Like you guys do, you've got to post your video clips on LinkedIn and get people involved and engaged in it because otherwise all you're doing is you're talking to yourself and a few of your mates. It's the same, isn't it? Although podcasts are free and they can be free to produce and they're free to consume, they're just the same as any business, aren't they? We work with people who have got awesome businesses, but they just struggle with getting that visibility out there so people can find them and work with them and they can get all those results for their awesome businesses and podcast is absolutely no different is it because if you if you want it to be successful you've got to get over whatever fear you might have of shouting about how great you are and getting visible and I guess that's what you help people with as well as the actual functional part. Do you remember sort of the early 2000s when everybody had to have a blog didn't they you know yeah. if you were 
<laughs> anybody online and you were any kind of content creator, you just had to have a blog. And you had blogs on Blogspot and, you know, these sort of anybody can get them for free type blog platforms. And then you had the people that were setting up a proper website like yourselves and doing a proper professional blog. And I think podcasting, it's very much the same. And people smirk at me and, and I get a lot of sighs and I get accused of being a podcasting purist because I'm massively against Anchor as, as a model. I, I think Anchor is very damaging to podcasting. Don't get me wrong. I don't think it should go. I don't think it should be, you know, uh, uh, it shouldn't exist. What is it? So Anchor, the way that Anchor works is it's owned by Spotify and essentially it's free. So it's a free podcast host. So you could grab audio, set up an account on Anchor and publish it to all the podcasting platforms. So Uh. you're going to say to me, well, why don't we do that, Neil? Well, here's the thing. Why don't we do that, Neil? (laughs) (laughs) there's several reasons and i won't bore you with a whole list of them because you know some of them are quite dull and some of them are very technical and nerdy however the overall sort of the overwhelming reason why you shouldn't get a podcast and and put it to anchor is this anchor is kind of like you know like in these movies where you see these american hick towns where there's you know trailers and cars that are burned out and people doing drugs around them and all that sort of stuff that is kind of like the podcast hosting equivalent of of that you know anchor that is exactly what it is you know and and the 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 image that you're portraying if you put your podcast on anchor essentially the message you're portraying is i don't care enough about what you're listening to and believe it or not a lot of people say well nobody knows that it's hosted on anchor oh believe me they do they absolutely do because there's a very specific sound and a very specific image with anchor shows if you're not going to invest in the hosting provider and actually putting a decent quality output out there it's going to reflect in everything you're doing with your artwork if you're going to go cheap enough to go on anchor you're probably going to go cheap on your artwork and you know design something in microsoft word you know, it, it's that kind of thing. And, and anybody that's coming along, say you want a sponsor or an advertiser or even a brand to do business with you and take professional services, the moment they see that you're hosted on Anchor, they're going to go, do I really want this person to be associated with my brand? It's not ideal. You know, I, I want somebody that's, whether they've spent money on Buzzsprout or Libsyn or any of the other companies, Podbean, I know you guys use Podbean, yeah. uh, another great hosting provider, you know, and not only that, but, you know, the support just isn't there. With Anchor, you know, things go wrong. You've got to wait a week before they'll even bother responding to you. That is if they respond to you. So I personally don't think that they shouldn't exist because they're a great training ground. If you've got an idea for a podcast and you want to do it, but you just don't really want to go all in to start with, you want to test it. It's a great opportunity to test it, but they've got a responsibility then, I think, as an app platform to say, you know what, we've got something like 2.5 million shows in here that are just dead. Let's clean them out. You know, if you haven't produced a podcast episode in the past six months, it's probably highly likely that you're not going to get any success because, as we know, consistency is key. So there's no point in having the show there anyway. So apart from consistency, what is the key to a successful podcast? Essentially everything you guys are doing. Did you like that answer? There we go. I'll elaborate. So... uh, 
<laughs> quality, you know, content that, that people actually are going to get value from, not just waffling amongst yourselves. I know you guys have absolute tremendous fun and it's brilliant and the personality is there. But, you know, the thing is, if it was just that, no one would want to listen to you because eventually they would get bored of the fact that it's just two people having a chat. The fact that you deliver content that people can use, you know, you're, you're, you're really uh, very informative. The stuff that you're putting out there is, you know, you should be charging for it, to be honest. And, and this is yes. the great thing about podcasts that are good is that you're putting out value content that you know your clients might pay you for but you're just you're putting it out there because you're passionate about it and i love that about your show in particular but about those sorts of podcasts quality you know audio as well it's no good you know doing it through your phone or because it just sounds like you're doing it through a sock and one of the things that <laughs> people don't realize is that People will turn off. It doesn't matter how good the content is. I see it everywhere on Facebook groups that are about podcasting, where they go, it's not about the audio quality, it's about the content. Yeah, it is about the content. And a really good sounding podcast that has no content is just as bad as a really content-filled podcast that I can't listen to because, yeah. you know, you're, you're off here, you know, you're, you're chatting in the background and you're just being really casual and cracking beer cans every five seconds and I can't really hear you because, uh, you know, you, you're giggling like idiots, you're swearing, you're drinking beer and you're not really saying anything. So, you know, that is another consistency, quality of content, quality of audio. And you know what, as well, the, the other thing that a, a lot of people overlook with this stuff is actually talk to your listener. Don't just yeah. chat amongst yourselves only because, you know, if I, it's like going to a party where five people are having a chat and you're standing there on the sidelines with your glass of wine in your hand going, can I get a, you know, can I get a look in here? You know, you don't necessarily have to talk to the listener the whole episode, but understand that people are listening to your conversations. Yeah. So if you're having private talks about stuff they're not getting, you can bet your bottom dollar they're not going to come back to your episode no matter how good it is. My other question is then, because there are so many podcasts out there, and then obviously there's the ones that are run by the celebs who have, you know, millions of downloads and, you know, are sponsored and make money and all that kind of thing. And then there's the ones that, like Anna and I, that are just, you know, business one, but we're consistent and we care about the quality of it. Um, so what... What are the indicators of the, a successful podcast? Because it's not always, you know, we haven't had millions of downloads, but I think, you know, we're doing pretty well. So how can you judge what is how well you're doing as a podcaster? Success is a very relative term and it depends on your personal goals. If your personal goals are to become famous, you're probably doing it for the wrong reason anyway, because that's a really yeah. rare thing to achieve. However, that is one of our personal goals. Not too famous, though, that we're in Heat magazine with like arrows at our elbows saying before the before plastered under our pictures. <laughs> you don't want the paps hanging outside your house getting no, pictures not of Hush you. and Beck's famous, thanks. Just like yeah, no, I, Claudia yeah. Winkleman famous. <laughs> All joking aside, I mean, fame is a relative thing anyway. Having works in the radio and the media in general, I can tell you that fame is a fleeting thing. It's a, it's relative to what you deem fame to be. So it could yeah. be getting recognized in restaurants or just being recognized online with a nice review. Some people would consider that enough. Yeah. And, you know, that is, that is brilliant. But I think it just depends on what you're looking for. If you're looking to do business with your listeners and you're using it as a way of attracting attention for your brand, then you can have 30 listeners per episode and that is successful because if your conversion rate is 20 of those listeners making calls to you, you know, having discovery chats with you, emailing you, 
that's that's a huge conversion rate. That's at least 60%. That's amazing. Mm. If your goal is to, you know, get sponsorship, then 30 downloads probably isn't enough. It just really depends on on what you're looking for. So success is again, it's it's completely relative. I would say your show is obviously very successful because you know it, it's a brand, you've established it, people have heard of it, people know what it is, they get it, they connect with it. I think in some in on some levels. That can be enough. If I look at your podcast artwork or listen to your show and say, yeah, I get this. I know what they're about. That's a success. And it's a place we can send people to. So um, if people want to find out more or what we know or what it's like to work with us, go and listen to our podcast. Listen to the ones where we talk to our clients about results we've got for them. You know, listen to the quickies where we give you tips and just start to get to know us that way and then decide if you want to work with us. Meet the Savages episodes, they're called, because we're the Get Savage Club, so our tribe is Savages. So, uh, yeah, we have three Meet the Savages episodes where there's 10 clients that have worked with us on our social media Made Easy program talking about the results that they've got. So that's like number 18, 50, and 85, if you listen to this and you want to go back and listen to them ones. They're gold for people to just go and, um, you know, consume and know what it's like, whether they are similar to our ideal clients. It would perhaps work for those people. Maybe it'd work for them. So, yeah, it's all there. And even like we get asked the same questions a lot, don't we? Um, so people struggle with their ideal clients. We go go and listen to episode four where we cover that. So we can some kind of channel people back. And we're all about when we work with our clients for our clients to choose their free. So not get railroaded by people wanting to work with them and go, oh, do that work for me for free. And then we'll have a chat about maybe you know moving on and you're doing more work for us you know or even let's have a coffee where i can pick your brains you know it all takes time out your day doesn't it part of our free is this people they can't afford anything from us at all which you know the cheapest thing for us is like a 39 pound a month membership to get us out of the academy if they can't get into that then you know they can consume all this for free there's the other things for free as well but this is our main free i'd say First of all, I want to praise you massively for doing something which not enough podcasts do, which is giving callbacks. I mean, this is what we were talking about when, when I was saying about, you know, remembering the listener. A big part of remembering your listener is making life easy for your listener. You know, there are so many podcasts that make the listener jump through hoops and they'll say, go to this website here, go click this this button here, you know, email this person here. Um, you know, and, and to be honest, you've got to remember where your listener is and what they're doing at the time. Some of them aren't sat. Captively. I, I know that as podcasters, we love the idea that they're hanging on to every word. They've got their hands over their ears. <laughs> Making notes. You consume podcasts on the go, don't you? So most Absolutely. people do. Absolutely. So the fact that you've actually told them where they can find the content they need mm. is a brilliant thing because now they're, you know, they're much more likely to go, oh, Anna mentioned an episode. I'm going to just rewind mm. a, a couple of seconds here and just catch that again because I'm, I'm going to make a note to have a listen to that later. And it's just, it's a really good tool for building that relationship with your listener. Well done. Yeah. Gold Thank star. Thank you. And she always calls me the rain man because I remember the episode number. Oh, do you know what? You've just said three episode numbers. I can't even remember what they are now. Number 18, 50 and 85 are the Meet the Savages episodes. Got that. Okay. Yeah, I'm not good at stuff like that. So when, anyway, I'm interested in when you were working in radio and what it was like and, um, you know, what shows did you do? Breakfast show? I should probably know all this already, but what shows did you do when you were in radio? 
mostly, you know, morning shows, uh, like I said, overnight stuff at talk sports, um, capital of the evenings. So to be honest, you know, I, and this is, this is the beauty of it really for me is that I suppose that's the benefit I've had is that, you know, doing different types of shows at different times and different days of the week, you do get an idea of different audiences and you, you get an idea for how to connect with those different types of audiences. You know, there's a huge amount of benefit of disc profiling your listeners, to be honest, which isn't easy to do on a, on a scale. But, you know, if you, if you can get an idea for the kinds of people that are calling you up or texting you, it does give you a really good idea of the sorts of people that, that you're connecting with, with your content. And you can sort of, you know, with podcasting, it's not hugely different. You can do the same sort of thing. You can profile your, your listeners to your podcast and, and learn how to connect with them better. So, yeah, but, the you know, the radio stuff, it was it's just one of those things where, you know, you, you just you just get in there, you do whatever, whatever comes up, really. If someone wants how to do, do you more- fill hours every day. Do you plan it or how on earth do you do that? Yeah, there's a lot of prep involved, you know, yeah. it, certainly doing mornings. If you're getting up at 5 a.m. or you're getting up at 4 a.m. to get into the studio at 5 a.m., you know, you can't really sit there for an hour and, and, and tank together a four hour show. You've really got to sort of make sure that the majority, obviously there's a sense of the day aspect where if something huge has happened in the news, you can add that in, you can drop stuff for the next day, that sort of stuff. The way that I used to work was I would, I would prep around about 25 um, minutes of, of prep for every hour of the show. So, you know, it can take anything up to five hours to do that. But yeah, you, as long as you've got this, st- preparation is key. Absolutely yeah. with all this stuff. And if, it, if it's, you know, if you do it on a Monday for a Thursday, then you, you're winning. And that's how mm. I used to work. My uh, daughter used to have a radio show. She's only 14 now, but when she was, uh, she just stopped doing it just before the pandemic started actually. But she had a local radio show with her friend. They met each other through the the radio stuff that she was doing. But um, they, I used to go like crazy at them, like get prepping, like you can't just rock up and be doing it. Like, you know, to make sure that they knew some kind of structure of what they were doing every Saturday. Cause they used to do Saturday morning for two hours, nine till 11. Uh, I think it was like I remember, no seven till nine every uh, Saturday morning, but it was really good fun to do. Just a little local um, community radio station, children's only one that they did, but it was okay. good music and stuff. But yeah, the kind of guys, you got to think about what you're doing, what you're going to talk about. And they did have a few different things in there that they always did every week, so that made it easy. But that was just one show for two hours once a week, and that was t- taking time. Yeah. So I can imagine, like you know, every, every morning that must have been a nightmare for you. In t- in terms of like a people that you met along the way then who was the rudest famous person you ever met and why <laughs> i'll tell you one fun story actually he wasn't necessarily the rudest but he certainly was the biggest shock um you probably um won't remember because you guys are very very young of course but yeah. um in the in the in the early days when i was growing up as a kid watching tv you used to have a guy called matthew corbett who did a show with some oh puppets. city was one of the so, earliest things I ever watched right. at the theatre. So I, I sort of I was sat down with Matthew Corbett. I've just interviewed him. He's he's appearing in you know in in the Wickham Swan. Funnily enough, it was at a radio station in High Wickham that I worked at. And I, I turned around to him and I said, um, "Well, Matthew, you know, he'd been going, he'd been off the air a bit by this point, but he was still going with the stage stuff." And I said to him, "Matthew, are you, wow, it's it's crazy. You're still going. I mean, the TV show's been off the air a while now. Well, you know, what what keeps you getting out and doing this every day?" And he turned around to me and said, "Well, do you know what, Neil?" It's like a, a dog licking its bollocks. It's just something you got to do. And I was like, <laughs> whoa, this is Matthew Corbett saying about dogs licking bollocks. I'm not, I'm not comfortable. Uh, Mum. He's made <laughs> his living as a children's entertainer. Yeah. It's not like he's like some blue yeah. comedian. 
people are flawed characters. And yeah, the, takes... Ch the Chuckle Brothers were rude to me, to be fair, when I shouted them across Nottingham. <laughs> and I was shouting, I could only remember Barry's name, I couldn't remember Paul's at the time. So I was like, Barry, Barry. No, I think we were just trying to get a sandwich on lunch while they were re rehearsing for the uh, panto. So really didn't well, want me chasing fair. them down the street. But, anyways, you know, there what was no did need. What do that was rude? Well, try to ignore me for one, and sir, but obviously I don't <laughs> really. everyone. I try that. So what I did was I thought, and I was with my friend Carlo, and I know I'm not having this because you don't get that many opportunities in your life to meet the Chuckle Brothers. And you, listening to this, if you haven't, you never will do because one of them is not with us anymore. So, no, I basically got them and then got my photo, got my selfie, and then that was fine. But, yeah, they tried to ignore and they tried not get the selfie with to me. back away. Yeah, but don't worry. I've got that selfie still, so. I, do you know what? All joking aside, I've never had the urge to be famous. You know, I just. Think... I used to when I was younger. I'm so glad that I did. I, I wasn't. <laughs> all the things that I wanted to do a bit, I'm just thinking, oh gosh, thank goodness that didn't actually happen because mm. it would have been a nightmare. I love like... the anonymity of just being able to go anywhere looking like anything and no one really bats an eyelid. I think like, Carrie can... Katona, right? You're not, she's probably not making any money now. And equally, she can't just walk down the street without people knowing who she is or people pats I don't know even what she's doing now but someone would be papping her or like so she hasn't got she's not in either camp she's stuck somewhere in the middle um which is which is not ideal is it say Carrie Tony because that's probably the the one that I could closely relate to but how she got that like mum of the year or whatever mum of Iceland or whatever and then was it Iceland or farm foods I don't know get them mixed up and then oh she was yeah just, no like, she was yeah um, then she just ditched because then she won the. She's like up and down, up and down um, in terms of being in favour because she just couldn't toe the line of what, what you know what she's supposed to do where because of background and she's just not from that. She can't follow it um, very well. And let's let's be honest about it. You know, not not being classist here, but she came from a council estate in Warrington. You know, yeah. she was on the same road that Jay from Five and, you know, Spike from 911, who I worked with, he used to tell me all the stories about Jay from Five and Kerry Katona. And, you know, really? they, they, you've got to be absolutely and and you know they they you got to remember these are very very normal people that were plunged into the media spotlight very young and they just didn't know what to do with it and i think yeah. kerry katona is a great example of someone that was was brilliant for five minutes when you know they could they could sell her on newspapers when they could make money out of her the moment she's no longer viable they ditched her and yeah. you know really sad what happened to her no wonder she she started you know acting up and you know because that's what you're going to do if you're lost it, it's hard enough for us normal people that aren't mm. super uber famous to sort of you know have a bad day and not take to a bottle of you know <laughs> a vimto and uh, you know and drown your sorrows so you can imagine what it's like for them when they've got like the world is looking at them and you know i mean caroline flack is a great example yeah. of this blessing you know, yeah people were slagging her off every day on twitter no wonder she, you know it got to her and i why are people oh, yeah. so surprised about this it's not a massive shock that someone's going to go you know what life's not worth living boom you know it, it's it's a sad reality that these yeah. are human beings whatever Even those think. awful headlines that might sell papers or make you click on them but they're actually really cruel and about a real person who's going to see real that people. It is, it is a sad fact, isn't it? Even Bojo, you know, Bojo, bless him at the moment. I'm not a massive fan of his politics and I don't think he's an amazing human being. And, you know, there are some slightly cretinous parts to him. But, you know, the guy is a human being doing a job that he's been told to do and he's doing it in the in the way he's been told to do it. He has no single power. He's doing what he's been told by his people to do. And 
the hate he gets and you know it's not even just him it's his 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 girl it's his children it's his family his extended family it's just yeah who would want that anna what was wrong with you you shouldn't know what was wrong no No. i definitely wouldn't want it now who's your ideal client then neil if the phone rings i'm old school and i if your phone rings um or like do you want emails you want what like what makes your heart sing if they contact you who would be the the people that you love working with the most someone that gets it someone that that isn't just about you know what i want to get brand awareness i want to get lead generation because you know nine times out of ten those people are not probably going to get it really easily. And it makes, I love what I do. Um, Don't get me wrong. I absolutely love what I do. And I love working with people of all abilities. I don't care how amateurish they are or how professional they are. There's, you know, I always feel that there's something I can bring to the table, but it's just extra special when you get someone that's doing it for the right reasons. And they've got a clear, we talked about it, a clear why, you know, if, if they know exactly, yeah, an absolute passion. So they're not looking to necessarily, um, you know, there's there's this there's this thing with some podcasters on LinkedIn, podcast producers on LinkedIn, where it's all about getting their clients into the top ten. I'm not about that, you know. I, I, fair enough, you know. I there are some certain clients out there that they're attracting that want that sort of thing, and it's all about ego, and it's all about oh, I'm you know, I get to be three podcasts lower than Stephen Bartlett in the business chart. Good for you, um, you know. But for me, it's you know, that's you won't not stay ent- there though, will you? You might get no, once you it, get there, I, so that you can use that moving forward that you hit number one or you hit whatever. So don't get me wrong, when I'm trying to get a podcast guest on, I will voice note them and literally say, "Oh, we were num- number one marketing um, podcast in the UK because we were for a week uh, because that was the launch time." But yeah, you don't like consistently. Those the people like that won't stay there consistently, will they? And it's it's a one time thing. You've you. got to show up week in week yeah. out. Is what you need to do. You absolutely have and i can i can get you to number one in any chart that you want to be in i could do it in half an hour i can very easily do that it's something called app sally you buy a bunch of subscribers on app sally you're in the chart that's it that's that's how simple it is however what's the point when it's a bunch of people that are either going to be on a click farm in asia or you know they're ai um, they're not engaged with your show. They're not going to do business with you. They're not going to brag about how great your show is to, to their friends and, and tell them they've got to listen to that great episode that Anna and Anita did about you know getting people signed up to your membership program. They're just not going to do that because they don't exist. So, you know, for me, it's it's about people that aren't looking to do that really plasticky, surfacey, shallow stuff, and actually they want to get some results from it. You know, they want to they have the credibility. They want to be able to reach out to the idea guests that they'd like to do business with themselves you know um that for me is if if you you know that's singing to me that's music to my ears if that's the sort of person you are fabulous so one of the questions we always ask our guests is what makes you savvy because we're the get savvy club i think that to be honest i think the what makes me savvy is the ability to cut through the nonsense and actually figure out what matters. Um, You know, I don't live life according to a YouTube video. You know, I don't read one blog post and go, oh, that's what I should be doing for my clients. That's how podcasting should be. You know, most podcasts, when they start, they they go by the instructions of a 10-year-old Buzzsprout article because it was very informative, but it was relevant 10 years ago and things Mm. have changed. And so for me, I think what makes me savvy is that passion that I have, much like Pete, like your producer, 
producer Pete. You know, he he's very good at, at, at you know working with me on on the podcast that we're doing together. You know, there, there's things that I'll say, and he'll he'll take the moment to say, Neil, I need to talk to you more about this actually because it's something I didn't know, and I'd love to know what that is because then that helps my clients, and that's the sort of thing that you're looking for in any sort of um, professional you're working with. Someone that's not just going to go and do what what's expected, but somebody that's going to go the like you guys do. You know, you go the extra mile. You find out about the latest trends. You figure out the latest software, hardware, what people are doing. You know, techniques, um, what customers are looking for, that sort of thing. And and you you apply it with passion because you want to get the results for your customers. Because it's not just about bank accounts. At the end of the day, it's about you doing what you are here to do, or about vanity metrics that, like you say, at the end of the day, are meaningless. Yeah, absolutely. Anybody can anybody can go online and you see it on LinkedIn all the time. Oh, I'm a LinkedIn expert or I'm a marketing expert. And, you know, nine times out of 10, what they're doing is they're going to something like an app, Sally, um, you know, and they, they're paying for 150 likes on their Instagram post or their LinkedIn post yeah. or comment. They're, they're doing the social proof, but there's no actual substance behind that social proof. To, so yeah. people through it. The other question is, can you recommend a book for our listeners? Oh, can I? It's life changing. And if if nothing else from this, like this episode, yeah, no, honestly, I'm not. Now that's an overstated term, but for me, it literally Is it a was a book. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew the Corbett's autobiography. <laughs> I want you to. Um, I, I see you got your pen and eater, and, um, and I want you to write this down. And, and if you're listening right now, I'd love you to write this down as well. Our and, listeners and, can win one if they listen to this episode. Screenshot oh, it, tag us on social uh, media. They can win it. Brilliant. Then they're gonna they're gonna have so much joy off the back of this. So I'm a massive fanboy of this lady. She she wrote a book which I think everybody should study in school. Honestly, it's called How to Be a Badass by Jen Sincero. Oh, yeah. I might have got that slightly wrong. It might be total or complete badass, but it's it's one of those books that you I started out the first few pages I was like, "Oh, this is going to be kind of preachy." Um there are spiritual elements to it, but she's very honest at the beginning of the book saying that she's not a churchy person, but she's found something like God from, you know, from going to church and, and and reading about stuff and, you know, and, and doing the research she did and going to Bible groups and stuff like that. And it's not a church book. I can assure you that if you're a bit like squeamish about that, like I used to be, you know, it's not, it's a universe book. And I think that's a really important distinction to make. It's really about telling you what you think is wrong. Um, Let's challenge that thinking and let's let's do something. Let's just, let's just go out of our comfort zone a little bit and see what happens. And I I applied some of the the ideas from the book, and within two weeks, I saw massive changes in my life. Definitely worth a read, then. I would say so. <laughs> She's done a How to Be a Badass with Money as well, hasn't she? One like that, and then yeah. another another sort of spin-offs off of it. But that's the main one: is the How to Be a Badass, isn't it? So, what? Uh, yeah. How can our listeners, if they've been listening to this and they're interested in hearing more about you, what's the best way for them to get in contact with you? I think I'm probably quite prolific on LinkedIn. Maybe a little bit too prolific sometimes. Um, no, you but can't that, be. That's probably the best place to get an overall picture of of what I'm about. But yeah, so the website podnosepodcasting.co.uk. That's podnose with a K, as in pod knows knowledge not oh, the thing on your God face <laughs> um and any you know just search neil valio and you'll probably find lots of horrible stuff about me on on the internet from my my radio career but there will be some valuable stuff amongst it i'm sure 
yeah and it's neil n-e-a-l and it's like velio but you uh, write it like veg leo so veg it's not neil knobsack don't search for that you get a whole load of different things come up if you put that into google <laughs> if you're enjoying marketing made easy the podcast from get savvy club use your podcast app to rate review and subscribe awesome so that was another great guest episode with the lovely neil velio so yeah that is neil velio we've got the uh, name right in the end there if you want to find out more about him you can do so we'll put the link in the um in the show notes obviously as always if you are enjoying the podcast please go ahead and like it uh review it share it comment wherever you can on it and if you are interested in winning that book which she was really passionate about that book wasn't he that um you know like how to be a badass by jenny Shranar. i can never pronounce her surname but i'm well aware of her and her books and what she's about um then all you need to do is screenshot this particular episode put it anywhere on social media but make sure you tag us so we can see that you've done that and then we will if you win then we will send you a copy of how to be a badass anyways we will see you again on thursday for another episode of get savvy Vicky. see you soon bye that was marketing made easy the podcast from get savvy club if you enjoyed it join our facebook group just search get savvy club